Welcome to Romanistan Podcast. We're your friendly neighborhood gypsies. And today we have romance writer Talia Hibbert. And we are so excited uh, to, to get into this interview. So we're going to hop right in and let Talia tell us about herself. Great. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yay. We're really excited too. Yes, thank you so much for coming on the show. No, it's my pleasure. Um, so as you said, my name is Talia and I am a romance novelist and I am from the UK. I'm from Nottingham, uh, like Robin Hood. Um, <laughs> and that's about it. <laughs> so Talia, um, how do you relate to your mixed Romani identity? Um, and do you identify with the archetype of the rebel or the outcast? Um, definitely I do, because I feel like that is the kind of family and attitude that I was raised with. Um, my great grandmother was kind of removed from her community because she chose to leave her husband. And so she became very self-sufficient and she really prized her independence and she always raised us, my grandmother, my mother, and myself, to believe that tradition was something that should serve you, not something that should be able to tie you down and hold you back. And as a person, I don't think that I am very rebellious, just naturally, I'm kind of quiet, but my mother and my grandmother and all these women I was raised with are definitely rebels. And so I have such a love and respect for that kind of element of my culture and my heritage. Um, and so I feel like that's what my mixed identity means to me. It's very much about the people that I love and who made me the person I am. Oh, that's wonderful. I think my grandma would agree with you. She's oh, She was always like, you know, okay, so these are the things that are traditional and important, but also uh, rules can be kind of stupid. <laughs> um, uh, so what brought you to romance writing? I have always loved romance. I think I, I discovered romance by accident in the library when I was about 12. Um, I was reading what I thought was a very normal book and then they started making out and I was like, Whoa, <laughs> what? what is this? <laughs> and since then, I've always just loved the, the reliably happy feelings that romance gives you and the safety. Um, and I've always loved writing as much as I loved reading. So when I decided that I really wanted to make that push and try to actually be a writer, I knew straight away that romance was it for me. Um, yeah, the reliably happy um, is a really special thing. I think I undervalued that um, until recently. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's nice to know that this is uh, going to turn out okay. <laughs> yeah, I think with recent events, a lot of people have been feeling that way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what's important to you about storytelling then? And tell us about what you love about your work. The thing I love most about my work is that it allows me to communicate in the way that feels most natural for me. And it allows me to kind of explore everyone's humanity um, and the fact that everyone deserves to be loved. You know, it's so easy when we can only see things from our own perspective, which is natural. It's so easy to miss so many things about other people. And I love how writing romance is mostly 
like a deep examination of different people and how valuable different people can be. Um, so I think that's what's most important to me about my work. That's beautiful. Totally. Um, so what are your thoughts about the term chick lit? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's very silly, but also it sounds like chocolate. So it has that going for it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think, you know, like a lot of things that are kind of pushed onto marginalized genders, I feel like it started out so ridiculous and patronizing, but, you know, we kind of take what we're given and make it something fantastic. And so we have done that. But at the same time, I am glad that we're maybe moving away from the term because it really does sound ridiculous. <laughs> it does. I remember when I would see that in bookstores, like even just a few years ago, and now, lately, I haven't been seeing it so much, which is a relief. <laughs> <laughs> so we really love how feminist, intersectional, sex positive, and body positive your work is. And we'd like to know about your inspiration because you're doing something that feels really special and revolutionary in romance writing. So we want to hear about it. Thank you. I feel like, first of all, like just reading romance has actually helped me with that and influenced me a lot. Like my love for this genre runs so deep but at the same time I think a lot of credit for my perspective goes again to my family because I was very much raised in this matriarchal unit like when I was growing up it was literally my mother my two grandmothers my great-grandmother I was just surrounded by women and they were all women who were very adamant that men don't matter they can do things to you and they can control things around you and you know sometimes they can cause a lot of trouble but fundamentally they don't actually matter and I feel like <laughs> you know at the time I didn't really understand what a radical viewpoint that was to just be kind of cooking in as a child um, but then the more I spoke as I grew older and scandalized people by accident the more I was like huh and I feel like that is really evident in my writing um, I mean, obviously, I wasn't raised by some kind of like futuristic feminist Amazonian powerhouse, but at the <laughs> same time, there's just a lot to be said for the wisdom of women every day. It sounds like you were raised a little bit like that, though. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I'm going to start telling my kids men don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the past, we've talked about how harmful some. Um, arranged marriages are, um, especially young um, arranged marriages, which some Romani families still practice. So we're extra supportive of literature and media depicting empowerment and choice around sexuality and partnership. Your protagonists are very empowered and make their own romantic choices. What's your relationship um, advice to people figuring out their love lives? I think that you always have to put your your own needs first um obviously if you're in a relationship then you need to be um kind of generous and supportive and all those things we already know about but in terms of deciding what you want your future to be it's important to remember that you are yourself and your priority needs to be being the healthiest version of yourself you can be the happiest version of yourself you can be and, you know, something that I try to do in my books is um, one or both characters might have a personal issue that they need to resolve. And, you know, I always try and have that resolved before or at the same time as 
the mutual happily ever after happens because I think that it's important not to forget about yourself by imagining yourself as a pair when you are fundamentally one person. Oh, wow. I really love that. I actually kind of want to ask you, like, do you feel like what you're writing is like so like far away from what reality can be? Or would it be, um, you know, possible to find and discover a romance in real life um, the way that it is in your books? I think that my books are First of all, obviously, they are kind of romanticized by virtue of just being books. I don't think there's any book that isn't, you know, a little bit neat <laughs> because they are creations. Um, but also, I think that my books are maybe aspirational, but not impossible. I try to write what I think is, you know, the kind of romance that everyone deserves. But I certainly don't think that these stories and the relationships being modeled in my books or in other books in the romance genre are impossible. I think that it is possible to be, you know, happy, um, you know, incandescently happy in a relationship and to not have to sacrifice some fundamental part of yourself or your desires to achieve that. Love that. I love the relationships that we deserve. That's that's really beautiful. I, I felt that definitely. So I, I when I was reading your book, um, Take a Hint, Danny Brown, which I loved. And um, listeners, just before uh, we started recording, I was telling Talia that I'm really new to the romance genre because I tend to like to read really scary books or <laughs> something that's like really disturbing. And um, I recently just sort of burnt myself out on that. And I was like, I need to read something happy and fun. And that's also really well-written. And so, um, yeah, this was my first romance book that I read and I was crazy about it. And I love that, you know, Danny as the main character is super smart, really confident. She's queer, she's curvy, she's a witch. So I'm already on board and she's healthy. You know, she's working out her issues. Sure, she has some stuff that she's working through emotionally, but she's on this road to healthiness. And I would love to know more about your choice, Talia, to include Danny's spirituality, because that seemed like a really big part of her growth, particularly for an academic who prioritizes reason over emotion sometimes. And I was also wondering if you could relate to her spirituality. Yeah, definitely. I feel like a lot of Danny's spirituality was influenced by the fact that you know traditionally I think for gypsies all over the world there's lots of layers to spirituality in that you have traditions influenced by the dominant culture like here you know everyone is Christian but then at the same time you also have other traditional spiritualities and so a lot of the time you might find that they do coexist and that's how it was in my family and I feel like that's very much influenced the way that I see things not just in terms of spirituality but in terms of identity in terms of you know opinion for example um I feel like I'm perfectly happy on certain issues being like okay that's your perspective and my perspective is mine and actually they're equally real because I was kind of raised with this idea that two things can be real and true at the same time 
And so I really wanted to show that in Danny, not just because it's something that I wanted to represent, but because I felt like it really spoke to her character and the issues that she was having, you know, in that she she struggles a lot with imposter syndrome. And technically she knows that she's really good at what she's doing because she can see it, but it's also true that she knows nothing about what she's doing. And so <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like that was a, an interesting theme that, that I could relate to. And I think that maybe lots of people can relate to. For, for people who haven't read the book, can you give us a little rundown of what Danny's spirituality is? Yes, that would probably help. <laughs> um, so Danny is an academic who's very much logic and reason driven, but then in her personal life, she is a witch in the Jamaican tradition of Obeya and similar spiritualities influenced by traditional West African religion. Um, and, you know, a lot of that also was influenced by the other side of my family because um, my dad is Jamaican. And so it was nice to, because uh, Danny practices with her best friend, Saoirse, who is actually a gypsy. And so they're practicing different forms of the same spirituality because I've always seen those similarities in those sides of my heritage. Mm. Um, and so I thought that it was nice to show them doing that together. That is so beautiful. I, I didn't know that there were similarities between the two. And now I feel like I have so much exciting research to do. <laughs> that sounds yeah, great. I had no idea. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, I also really loved the character Zaf. Um, you know, he's this tough rugby player who has been through tragedy. And then he uses that experience to mentor boys and help them process their emotions in healthy ways. And to be honest, it takes me a lot to like get on board with being into reading about a cishet dude at this point in my life and my <laughs> queerness. But I was like into Zaf and um, he's like the cis dude antidote to toxic masculinity in some ways. And so I'd really like to hear about your perspective on creating such a healthy, complex, and also like really sexy masculine love interest. I feel like a lot of the time when people write genders other than themselves, they focus a lot on the idea that we're all really different. But I feel like in my experience, the men who I know who are kind of the best kinds of men don't see themselves as men before they see themselves as people. And so when I'm writing men, I try the same way to just write and think of them as people before their manhood, for want of a better term. And, you know, going back to the idea of men don't matter, now I kind of view it as the whole idea of masculinity as a trophy and all the baggage tied into what it means. That doesn't matter. It's personhood and kind of soul that matters for all of us. And so I think that's where I try to come from when I'm writing heroes. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I also really enjoyed that his, um, you know, his culture was important to him too. And he was engaging with, um, and now I'm, um, I'm blanking uh, on his. Oh, he's Punjabi. He's, he's Punjabi. Punjabi. Okay. Yeah. I, I only read it a few days ago and now my brain is already like, what's new? What's new? <laughs> um, yeah. And so I, I loved too, that just like how diverse the cast was and, and how they were all connecting to their um, heritage and also, you know, connecting to each other. It was really beautiful. Um, I'm interested in knowing if you have come up against any challenges with your writing, either with the craft itself or the industry. 
Um, and if so, like, how did you handle them? I think writing novels compared to writing things that might be either shorter or more collaborative. Um, writing a novel is the obstacle in itself because you have to do it usually on your own. And, you know, some people do talk to people a lot throughout the process, but I, for some reason, choose not to, which is probably a horrible choice. So most of the time when I'm writing, I'm like, this is really bad. (laughs) But then I'm kind of like, no, you can't say that. You've barely written a page. You have to write something before you decide it's terrible. But then the other half of my brain's like, no, no, it's definitely bad. I can tell no one's going to want this. And I feel like that is the primary challenge for me when it comes to writing it's just myself (laughs) I can relate to that (laughs) (laughs) so what would you tell any secret artists or writers of any age who want to publish their work first of all I would say that it's possibly most important that someone like you get your voice out into the world because I feel like a lot of creatives are people like me who were like I want to write so I'm going to do that and immediately did it and tend to be by the nature of the thing dominating the space but I think people who do feel more secret or shy about their voice and their creativity are underrepresented and therefore needed because you know, the world, everyone in the world needs and deserves to see themselves. So the more you contribute of yourself, the more service you're doing to people like you. So the first thing I'd say is please don't second guess yourself or doubt the need for what you have, because there's always a need for what you have. I love that. There is a need. I, I did, um, a a writing workshop series with, um, Jane stories and they did, um, like a a Romani scholarship basically for Romani writers. And there were so many really talented writers in the class who were kind of like, oh, this is just for me. I don't know, like, I kind of want to write. And it's like, but we need all of your voices. And, you know, in your perspective, um, you know, Talia, you're such a great writer. And also like there are just not, there's so little Afro-Romani representation and it just made me so excited to, discover you and it's like oh yeah we need we need more of all the voices please (laughs) (laughs) we need everyone everyone yeah (laughs) Uh, so what books would you recommend to romance readers whether they're seasoned romance readers or they're new to the genre like like we are I feel like I'm really annoying when it comes to recommendations because I always recommend authors rather than books, but I just have so many books to say. (laughs) (laughs) So first of all, the best thing about romance is that because there's so many subgenres, because you know, you can have a romantic story in possibly any situation, there's something for everyone, I think. So if you're really into sci-fi or speculative fiction of any kind, I would really recommend Nalini Singh. Um, especially the Psy Changeling series. It is sprawling and mind-blowing and so inventive. And please just read it, everyone on the planet. Please read it. And oh my gosh, what else? Another thing about recommendations is that I always blank on them. Um, <laughs> so one of my favorite contemporary authors who is great for like really funny modern hot romance is 
Danielle Allen. She's hilarious. She is the moment. 100% recommend. Um, if you like soaps or K-dramas or telenovelas, I really recommend Therese Bahari. She is so witty and so kind of story-based and you will really feel a lot of things when you're reading her books as well, which is great. Um, if you like epic romance in contemporary settings that's still kind of dramatic, Kennedy Ryan all day long. If you like historical romance, you are interested with the whole Bridgerton show and things like that. Or if you like things like Paul Dark, but you wish that the ladies were happier and the men didn't brood quite as much. Uh, <laughs> Beverly Jenkins, she's great. And she writes American historicals, which is hard to come by. Um, and also she's like incredibly smart and reading her books will also make you feel smarter, which is also a bonus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna stop there. <laughs> Those are great. I'm excited to, we'll write them down in the show notes so people can find them easier. Thank you. That's, that's awesome. And how can people find you and how can they support your work? So you can find everything you might want to know about me and my books on my website, which is taliahibbit.com. And I am on Twitter and Instagram at taliahibbit. Um, and supporting me and my books is as simple as reading them in whatever format you prefer taking them out of the library people are always asking if that's helpful like yes of course and I I love libraries and I love that people actually request my books in libraries mind-blowing and also you know if romance for whatever reason isn't for you just tell your local friendly romance reader about his books instead you know whatever it whatever it is I appreciate all support oh that's awesome um you've been such a delight and just like such a pleasure to speak with thank you so much for coming on yeah we really appreciate you thank you thank you both it's been great oh yay (laughs) thank you for listening to Romanistan podcast you can find us on Instagram at Romanistan Podcast and on Facebook under the same name and on Twitter at Romanistan Pod. We recently started a coffee fundraiser. That's K-O-F-I to help us expand. Our goal is to release two episodes a month, create video content like an advice column and other treats. And we would also like to register as a nonprofit so we can produce content by other Romani and Sinti creators. We are hoping to cover production costs like paying for our hosting site, website, editing and producing um, and all the rest. We would love it if you could contribute and spread the word. The link coffee, so it's ko-fi.com slash Romanistan is in our bio on Instagram and it will also be in the show notes. Please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us so much. If you would like to advertise with us, email us at romanistanpodcast at gmail.com. We offer sliding scale for Romani, Sinti, and related businesses. So reach out. You can find me, Jess, on Instagram at jasmina.bontila. And you can find my vintage and curiosities shop at Evil Eye Edit on Instagram and Etsy. You can find me, Paulina Verminski, on Instagram at underscore paulina underscore v underscore and at romaniholistic.com romanistan is hosted by jessica reedy and paulina verminski 
conceived of by Paulina Verminsky, edited and produced by Cherub, with music by Victor Pachas, and artwork by Elijah Vardo. Bye! Bye! <laughs>